Well, my text tonight is a very well-known text, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. I'm sure many of you know this. It's a text that struck me as a teenager reading through the book of Romans, the book of Romans that deals with the great need of the human heart, the battle that goes on inside us. This is really what this verse is telling us about. We see here the great truths of the gospel, justification, and I shall explain that how we're made right with God, and then once we've become a Christian, how we can be made sanctified. And then there is that wonderful term, union with Christ. We who are, as it says in this passage, enemies of God, our mind, our heart, is at enmity. It says, to be carnally minded, verse 6, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enemies with God. My subject tonight, taken from verse 1, condemnation removed. This is one of the sweetest sentences that have ever been written. Oh, God's word has honey. It has sweet things for Christians, but this is a verse that's sweet for everybody, a verse that's full of truth. It's full of absolute truth. What do we mean by absolute truth? A truth that does not change because God has said it. And the truth that's here is this statement. We have to look at the negative and then the positive. There is, therefore. The word therefore, whenever we see it, we ask, what is it there for? Because it follows the verses that have preceded, and we will explain. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So here's the question tonight. Are you in Christ Jesus? Is Christ Jesus living within you? Is he living and breathing inside you? He dwells within a Christian by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he says here, the Apostle Paul, there is no condemnation. Let me explain what the word condemnation means. Condemnation means a penalty, a sentence, a judgment that hangs above us like the sword of Damocles, to use an ancient mythical term. Death hangs above us. Because I'm a sinner, because I've broken God's laws, there is judgment hanging above me, a death sentence. There is a penalty that must be paid, and it can't be paid by me. And so, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, I'm under a death sentence. I am condemned like a person that's committed multiple murders. 
And the judge says, it will be life. And I mean life. This won't be 15 years and 10 if you behave well. There's been multiple murders done, and this person will serve life. And I mean life. That's what the judge of all the earth says to everybody who is not in Christ. Everybody who is not in Christ is condemned. My message tonight is so simple. You're either in Christ, you love him, he's taken up residency within your life, and you're now your heart beats for him, you love him, you want to walk in his ways, or you're not. And if you're not, you're condemned. It sounds a hard, harsh message. Is it unfair? No, because we're all sinners. I don't even need to begin to prove that to anybody tonight. We are all sinners. To our way of thinking, some more, some less, but really it doesn't matter in God's sight. He says, we're sinners. This verse tells us that there is a condemnation hanging above all of us, a punishment. Who will bear the punishment for your sin? I can't bear it. And if you leave it till the end of time, your punishment will be upon you. But if you come to Christ Jesus, if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul, and you see that penalty, and you say, Jesus Christ, take that penalty for me. Die in my place. Be my substitute. Then Christ will turn none away. A punishment, a penalty, a sentence. That's what condemnation is. And it hangs above everybody who doesn't walk with Christ. Is this fair? Is it just? Yes, it is. The God of all the earth, he can only do what is right. And so Paul wonderfully says, if we've come to Christ, that condemnation has been lifted. It's been removed. It's been taken away because Christ has been condemned instead of me. He's taken the penalty instead of me. He's been sentenced to the ultimate death sentence instead of me. In my place, condemned, he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. That's what the cross is all about. It's about somebody standing instead of me so that my condemnation can be taken away. The chains of death and sin and the penalty have been put on him. Indescribably millions of people, millions of sins put on one who was sinless. How could one man bear the punishment, the penalty for so many and so many sins because he's God, the God-man, the God-man, the Lord Jesus 
Christ. Well, chapter 7 of Romans speaks about this battle. And Paul is unfolding the battle that's going on inside him. Just look at verse 19 of chapter 7. I wonder if you know anything of this battle. If you do, you are a Christian. If you know nothing of this battle, you care little of sin, you care little of God's law, and you are what it describes in Romans 8 verse 1, you're just walking according to the flesh. Let's look at verse 19 of chapter 7. This is Paul's experience. He says, For the good that I would do, I do not. But the evil that I would not do, that I do. Is that your experience tonight? We have God's law telling us how we should live, telling us the things that are permissible, allowable with our words, with our actions, with our lives. And we see God's law and we know it because it's written upon the heart and there's a battle going on. I can't keep God's law. I want to. I want to keep it. But there's a battle raging within me between the spirit and between the flesh. And so often, the flesh gets the better. Verse 20. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. He's telling us more about this battle. And he goes on, verse 22, these are the words of a Christian. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. He loves God's law. He knows it's right, but he can't keep it. You see, that law speaks death. That law speaks judgment. It speaks punishment. It speaks condemnation. And so when we hear Paul say, there is now no condemnation, we rejoice with Paul. He goes on, verse 23, But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. I want to do what God says, but I can't, because I'm in captivity to the law of sin. I keep doing what the flesh says. I keep doing what my horrible heart says, and I break God's law. Look at this statement, famous words. Verse 24, O wretched man! He's fighting himself. I can't keep God's law. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? God's law, it just speaks death to me. I keep breaking it again and again and again. Ah, verse 25. Here's the turning point. It was all about condemnation. It was all about death and judgment. It was about the flesh 
which condemned me. It told me that I was destined for hell, that I needed to bear my own punishment. And then verse 25, here's the change. Paul says, I thank God, I thank God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Where are you tonight? Where is that battle inside you? The battle to try to please God, but we can't. The battle to try to obey God's laws, but we can't. Oh, praise God. Here's the good news. There is therefore now no condemnation. It's been taken away. The sentence, the condemnation, the penalty, they've been removed. They were hanging above me. And Paul announces in this tremendous verse, no condemnation. And here's how, verse 3. If you understand this verse, you understand the gospel. Here it is. For what the law could, could not do. Here's the law. People think they can earn heaven. They can get to heaven by just doing a bit more, going to church more, keeping this, keeping that. But the law couldn't do it. The law was weak. The Ten Commandments, they were just like a teacher to say, you need a saviour. You can't keep them one to ten. You've broken them. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak because my body and my flesh and my life are weak. God. Here it is. Here's the great statement. God sending his own son. Here's the saviour. Here's the only one that can take your condemnation and penalty and sentence away. Here it is, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. We have to look at the words carefully. Christ didn't come in a sinful way. He came in a form that was like unto us in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. Here's the second condemnation. And he condemned sin. My sin. Your sin. If you've come to Christ, if you've believed in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believed in his perfect life, my sin is taken away. All of it. Not part of it, all of it. Christ condemned sin. He abolished it. Here's my track record, wiped clean. Here's my nature, sinful, wiped clean. And Christ came in order that I could have his likeness. Oh, these are wonderful words for us to look at. But let me go back to verse 1. There's two ways. And this really is the main point 
that I want you to leave tonight. There are only two ways to walk through life. Which way do you walk? Verse 1. There are some Bibles when you read Romans 8 verse 1. If you're reading something other than the King James and the New King James, the verse stops after Christ Jesus. But in the best manuscripts, and very helpfully, it continues to say these words, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The King James Version has the best translation yet again. So it says, there is no condemnation. Who to? Those that no longer walk after the flesh. Let me tell you what it means to walk after the flesh. The flesh means to be carnal, earthly, fleshly, full of lust, full of the base desires that men and women have. Which way do you walk? Do you walk after your desires? Just what you want to eat? What you want to look at? What you want to hear? Is that the way you walk? That's a fleshly person. But the person that walks after the Spirit is the person that walks God's way. The person that seeks to live a life pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, it means if you walk according to the flesh, you walk the way of death. But if you walk the way of the Spirit, you walk the way of life. If you walk the way of flesh, you're concerned about now. What matters is now, the next thing in front of you. But if you walk according to the Spirit, you care about eternal things. You care about your soul. You care about what Christ has said for those who will rise to be with him. Well, it says earlier in Romans 7 that Paul describes his own heart as being sold under sin. It's as though he has no choice. He sins willingly. Is that true of you tonight? Are you sold under sin? Or, as we read, do you delight to do God's will? This is the big difference. It's a huge chasm. Death, life, now, eternity. Which one describes you? This is the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. The unbeliever walks according to the flesh. Desires. Base desires. I was reading the testimony of John Newton. He was converted in March. Some 230 or so years ago. The first time he ever took the Lord's table was in Ireland. You remember he was converted in the middle of a shipwreck, or rather a storm when he was in a boat just off the south coast of Ireland. And he was so fearful for his life. But his testimony was that his mouth 
was so foul, the sailors on his boat said they'd never heard somebody blaspheme as much as John Newton. Just one month later, he would say the Lord's Prayer in a church and take the Lord's table for the first time, and he would say this, Hallowed be thy name. What an enormous difference. One month, a blasphemer of such foul language, taking God's name in vain and not caring about it. And one month later, he says that God's name is holy. He walked according to the flesh. One month later, he walks according to the Spirit. Now your testimony, your experience may not be as dramatic as John Newton, but that's the difference. It's chalk and cheese. Do you sing the devil's song? Do you move to his beat? Or is your heart's desire to do the will of God? Paul had said earlier in Romans 7, there was no good thing within his heart. Then he says in chapter 8, Christ dwells within his heart. Now one word before we come to conclusion. How can I make that change? How can I go from death to life, from condemned to no condemnation? There's one word in the final verse of chapter 7. I thank God through, through. That word through is the way of salvation. You have to go through. The Lord Jesus described himself in John chapter 10 and verse 9 as a door. He says, I am the door. What a strange description. I don't think any of us would describe ourselves as a door. I'm a door. But what an amazing picture. The sheepfold. Just one door. Only one way in. And Christ says, I am the door. You've got to go through me. To make this change from condemned to life, from walking after the, the flesh to walking after the Spirit, you've got to go through. And Paul says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That change happened to Paul. He came through Christ. What does it mean to come through? It means, when I think of Christ's life, I trust his righteousness. I trust that his life was good enough to replace mine. His blood can wash my sin away. His dying and rising again means that I can die and rise again. You see, that's what the word through means. Everything about Christ's life is what we need. We need a perfect life. 
We need atonement. We need a resurrection. And just as Christ died and rose again, through his resurrection, I can have new life. No longer condemned. What about you tonight? I say this as gently as I can. There are two types of people. Those who are condemned, and those who've been rescued and saved. And what was condemned has been taken away. Just one illustration. The word condemned sometimes is used of a house. You go into the house and the floorboards are broken, the windows are smashed, it's not safe to live in. And the council come along and slap a notice. Condemned. No life is capable. That's what the word condemned means. And if we're outside of Christ tonight, it's as though Christ has put that notice up. Condemned. No life. No life exists here. No Christ dwells within this house. Do you know Christ living within you? Do you feel the impulses of his word? When he says, this is the way, walk therein, does your heart say, yes, Lord, I want to walk your way. I love the things that you love, and I love you more than anything and anyone else. Oh, Lord, go to him and plead with him. Take away the condemnation that hangs above your life tonight. May you be able to say, as Paul spoke of himself, there is therefore, because what Christ has done, no condemnation to them which are in Christ living their life in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Praise God for Jesus Christ. We have new life in him. We have hope.